Welcome to the Global Investor Podcast, a show that focuses on helping foreign investors enter the lucrative U.S. real estate market. Host Charles Carrillo combines decades of real estate investing experience with a professional background in international banking to interview experts in all areas of U.S. real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Charles Carrillo. Do you have money sitting in the stock market and you're worried about it? Or worse, you have money sitting at the bank, not keeping up with inflation? My name is Charles Carrillo, founder and managing partner of Harborside Partners. And since 2006, I've been investing my money and my family's money into income-producing properties. These are real assets, real properties with real addresses that produce real cash flow. At Harborside Partners, we provide passive investors who love real estate with a turnkey investing solution. If you want to put your money to work in real estate but can't find deals, don't have the time to get funding, and the last thing that productive people want to do is manage real estate. We find the deals, we fund the deals, and we manage the tenants, the termites, and the properties. Partner with us at investwithharborside.com. That's investwithharborside.com. Go to investwithharborside.com. If you love real estate, you like the idea of passive income, and believe that income-producing properties will appreciate over time, go to investwithharborside.com. That's investwithharborside.com. Welcome to another episode of the Global Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Crillo. Today we have Micah Maddox. He is a director of both commercial insurance and multifamily insurance at RealProtect, a real estate insurance brokerage operating nationwide. RealProtect helps real estate investors manage their risk and protect their assets by using specialized programs designed to fit their needs. So thank you so much for being on the show, Micah. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So um, please give us a little background on yourself, both uh, personally and professionally, prior to getting involved with insurance. Absolutely. So um, I originally was going to law school uh, and, and just found a lot of interest in that, you know, a lot of interest in in-courtroom stuff and just the way the law was and uh, um, ended up helping out a friend uh, open a state farm. And that's how I got into insurance. Uh, yeah, and that was, I guess, about 10 years ago now. So uh, a lot has changed since then. It's an ever-evolving industry, but um, you know, I, I kind of started from that that standpoint. You know, you know, just trying to you know understand you know the legality behind insurance, and and that's helped a lot. I think in in how the insurance contracts are put together. Um, but yeah, that's that, that's kind of where I started at. So, are you specifically working now with commercial properties nationwide? Is that really your focus? Not Correct. so much so, residential anymore. Uh, well, it, it, it's mixed. You know, so habitation, yeah. you know, is is you know multifamily and things like that. So that that's what what I focus on mostly. Mm -hmm. Real Protect as a whole, you know, they they do schedules of single family homes and um, just really anything. Uh, but uh, yeah, what I focus on is mostly multifamily, commercial property, things like that. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, because you know, real estate right now, or insurance with real estate, multifamily, one of the hot topics right now. Um, I mean, outside of interest rate, let's say, is insurance, especially where I'm based in Florida. But it's not just Florida. I mean, last year I had an insurance policy on a property uh, in New England and increased by twelve percent. And for our listeners, you know, can you explain a little bit about how you know what are some of the main factors that will impact property insurance rates? Because everybody always tells me, um, I was I was out with friends last weekend, and everybody always tells me their insurance down here in Florida. Every it's like the big topic, and then they're telling me I've never had any claims. <laughs> so, I mean, you've probably heard this many more times than I have. So can you tell us what kind of impacts your property insurance rates? Absolutely. So um, we could probably devote a few hours to that alone <laughs> to, to really boil that down. Um, but there's a couple things here in the U.S. at least that are really affecting rates. 
Um, one, and this is one that's actually just recently come up, is the aging buildings. You know, a lot of our a lot of our structures, a lot of the buildings, a lot of the properties are getting older and older. And what's happening is you've got carriers wanting to move to newer and newer, and you've got the properties getting older and older. So you, you kind of got that fight going on in both directions. That's a really big one. There's a lot of state-specific stuff. Uh, Florida just you know, for, for natural reasons that I'm sure you kind of understand, uh, you know, it, it, it can be a problem. And um, the, the, the science behind that is a lot of the carriers that we see operating in Florida, um, they operate really at a loss. Um, you know, so for example, the last five years, I think the average right now is, is at about 200%. So basically for every dollar that they bring in, they're paying $2 out in claims. For any business, that's unsustainable. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, that's, you know, insurance is a business. The carriers, you know, when they go into a state like a Florida, Louisiana, Texas, places like that, it has to be sustainable. Um, and there's a lot of help uh, that I think the government is, is trying to put in place. You know, for example, in Florida, uh, Governor DeSantis in the most recent legislative session uh, actually passed a lot of stuff from reinsurance to the way claims are handled to a lot of the processes, just really trying to clean it up, make it more concise and, and hopefully give everybody the best fighting chance. Uh, ultimately, there's still going to be major storms. That's just, that's the nature of Florida and, and really just, you know, anywhere across the Gulf. Um, you know, so to a degree, it's it's always going to be tough. And, and you know, you compound those things. So you've got rate increases from the carrier losses. Then you add in the aging structures. So there's fewer and fewer carriers wanting to even place insurance. Uh, and it just, it gets really tough. I mean, sometimes on, on some properties in a state like Florida, uh, out of, I mean, we have access right now to about 350 carriers and brokers that we operate with and partner with. Uh, sometimes it literally does come down to one carrier out of all those. Um, you know, it, it's not always that we're getting to choose between the best three. Sometimes we get lucky to have one. Um, and, and then the, the capacity issue, and, and that, that's a really, really big one lately. So really what that means is, you know, whereas you used to in a state like Florida, you used to get one insurance carrier. Let's say you've got a $20 million property. Uh, you, you've got one insurance carrier. They take the whole thing. Now, carriers are wanting to bite off such small chunks that you may have one carrier that takes $2 million, one takes $1 million, one takes $5 million, and you have to kind of piecemeal it until you get to the full amount of insurance. Um, the problem there is each carrier along the way, each of those five, you know, we'll call it or 10 that you have to put together to make the full amount of insurance, each one of those has to make their amount, you know, so, so it just becomes ever more expensive involving that many carriers. And like I said, sometimes it does come down to, to no other options. So there's a lot of complexity. Um, knowing how to navigate the market, uh, I think really, really helps in a state like Florida, just so that you know exactly how you're putting it together. You kind of know what levers to pull, what buttons to press, uh, and, and where to go. Yeah, it's one other thing that Florida has outside of our weather and uh, hurricanes um, is that I was reading an article uh, a couple months back saying 76% of lawsuits against insurance companies were from mm -hmm. Floridians. And there's tons of fraud yeah. going down here, um, all through Florida, um, with sure. with that. And I imagine it's in other states too. But that's a huge thing that has added right on top of everything else you just mentioned. I feel. And that's one thing that I think uh, you know that we're going to start seeing some good movement on. So Florida, the reason that they bear that title uh, as the most litigious when it comes to insurance is that there was a process uh, called assignment of benefits (AOB). I don't know if you've ever come across that or read no. that. So let, let's say that you experience a property loss. Um, there was a technique, uh, if we can call it that, a technique, I guess, where certain public adjusters, attorneys, contractors would kind of team up. And there's yeah. a process by which they can uh, allegedly, <laughs> in some cases, where they can allegedly um, game the system, maybe a bad way to put it, but where they can yeah. um, induce larger losses. You know, what may start as a five or $10,000 incident or a $50,000 incident 
becomes half a million dollars, a million dollars, two million dollars, whatever it may be, through this process. And that I think is the biggest thing that, that they've really fought um, in Florida, at least from a legislative standpoint, to curtail is just trying to clean up that process. And like all things, that started as a very needing, you know, that there was a need behind that process. You know, it, it was a good process. And then, you know, of course, the few came along and ruined it for the many. Um, yeah. but, but nevertheless, I mean, that, that hurts everybody. You know, if what should be a $10,000 claim, you know, gets paid out at a million dollars, that's not sustainable, you know, for anybody. Right. Or also someone has an older roof that should be replaced. And now there's some wind damage from a hurricane mm -hmm. and they're getting pulled out, uh, paid for a full roof, right. which really shouldn't happen. I mean, you had, you have a lot of depreciation on that. Yeah. It's just, you know, you, you were, it was, but that's, yeah, you, not to get the whole thing here about uh, lawyers and everything else, but <laughs> there is, um, so for real estate investors, come back to kind of what we really want to talk about is, you know, I've had it with, within claims myself or not claims, but with really within carriers that um, on a renewal, they have a whole list of stuff that they want you to fix. Or when you're in, this is perfectly fine, but these are ways I would feel to avoid large increases on insurances, kind of keeping the property uh, in great shape and making sure everything's maintained. Are there any other ways for real estate investors to avoid if at all possible? Um, and I mean, we're talking, we have listeners from all over the United States, all over the world, but investing here in the United States, I mean, for places where we're really in the Southeast, I guess you would say, or any other place, I mean, how do you avoid these large increases on insurance premium renewals? Absolutely. And and I think you touched on something very important. So carriers do come out and inspect, you know, just like that process you noted, they'll come out and inspect and say, hey, here, here's 10 things on your property that, that we'd like to see fixed. Now, in the right context, and again, it's all about it being in the proper context, you know, if they come out and do that, they're helping you to present your property to the carrier in the best way possible and helping to avoid losses, uh, you know, and, and claims and things like that. And um, uh there's a mixed bag. Uh, sometimes <laughs> some of these recommendations can be uh, can be overwhelming. Uh, sometimes, but most of the time they are very valid things. And um, you know, for example, uh, this is one we had come up recently in Florida. The first thing a carrier does when they're analyzing your property, they're going to hop on Google Maps and they're going to analyze your roof. So if you have, and this the other day it was a flat roof, so it's a you know flat membrane style roof, and there was a lot of pooling. Uh, you know, you can tell by the water stains and things like that. Um, you know, and, and that was actually on their list of things that, you know, hey, we'd like to see this cleaned up, you know, see what you can do about that, make repairs as necessary. But again, you know, if that's fixed, the next time the satellite goes around, it's a nice clean roof. Next year, when you shop your insurance, the first thing they look at is that roof. You've got a clean roof. Well, you, you presented your property in the best way possible. And again, there's much more to it than that. But, you know, that, that line of thinking, I think, helps a lot of people. Um, if, if you kind of take those to heart and say, hey, you know, how can I improve my property? Because we're having to fight for that capacity. We're having to fight, you know, to, to get insurance. You know, it's, it's not like it used to be. Um, you know, so having your best foot forward and your property's best foot forward is ever more important. Oh, that's great. That's great. So when choosing an insurance broker, I mean, what really differentiates a good broker from an average broker if, uh, if you know, if I'm buying uh, investment properties, multifamily? So in this industry, in our industry, which is real estate, I, I think it really comes down to having somebody who focuses on real estate. And I think the hard part when it comes to a lot of insurance agents and brokers is that uh, sometimes at least they're across the board. You know, they may focus on 10 industries or 100 uh, and it, it kind of makes it hard. I, I think we see the best success uh, and, and frankly, the best diagnosis and the best program from insurance brokers who who do focus solely on insurance or sorry, <laughs> that's good, who, who focus solely on real estate. Um, you know, just because they, they understand the business and 
I think what a lot of people don't understand is, you know, you're not just buying a piece of property, you're buying in most cases, or in all cases, really, uh, a real functioning business and understanding how to marry those two things together. You know, covering the property is important, but also the well-being of the business uh, and just knowing how to, you know, how to work through those waters. Yeah, there's one thing uh, if people ever ask me about it, I say, you know, go and find local landlords or property owners that are owning similar properties to you, you know, age, type, stuff like this, and ask them who they use. And usually I've gotten some very good recommendations from doing that. And that's for property managers or anything else, really. Yeah. But it's really just finding people that are in that similar property that are similar to what you want to be doing or doing what you want to be doing, let's say, sure. um, and then getting it that way and kind of sorting through um, what then going through. And because, you know, you go through online or something like this, you're never going to find anything. It has to go from like a referral source. You're just going to find a lot of homeowner insurance companies that don't know what it is when you have tenants in the property. Certainly. Well, and, and it's such a vast difference as well. If it's a, you know, a duplex, for example, you're going to have a whole different group of carriers that would entertain that versus yeah. a thousand unit complex or, uh, a, you know, a $5 million commercial property, something like that. It, it's really two different worlds, but no, you're, you're exactly right. And I think a lot of people can benefit from that, you know, just, you know, referring number one, but also just, you know, going out and looking for similar properties and saying, Hey, where this is at, you know, where do you have your insurance at? You know, where do you get this from? Um, you know, I think that's something a lot of people are starting to do more and more. And it really helps, you know, in, in our position, you know, we're, we're all across the nation so we can find a solution, you know, regardless. And, um, you know, we're, we're in tune with a lot of these carriers, but sometimes there is a local carrier who just, you know, is more regionally attuned. Um, and, and sometimes you can find them by doing that. Yeah. Yeah, having the nationwide carrier, just uh, great that you brought that up again. And that's a great point. I had a mentor years back tell me, you know, just work with a nationwide character when you're getting into uh, commercial multifamily. And it makes uh, pricing everything. First of all, you have the relationship. You don't have all these different relationships if you're, say, you're in five states or whatever. But you have the relationship, but you also... Um, you can go and whenever you're doing, it makes it much easier, easier whenever you're doing your underwriting to go out and get bids on these properties for the insurance. Because so many times I've seen so much difference between what I'm getting quoted on properties and what people are showing me on their underwriting. And you're like, who is this insurance carrier yeah. you have? Like, how long have, have you been with them for like 30 years and never, yeah. like, you never yeah. filed anything with them? Sometimes, yes. And, yeah. and, and, and so that we, we've got a process with, you know, where we provide indications. So let's say you were going to buy a property That's tomorrow. Right. You can send me an OM and just, you know, some high level details, whatever you have, the more the better. Uh, but you can send that over and I can say, hey, um, you know, again, just, you know, this is by us having properties all over and, 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 you know, economies of scale doing deals that are similar and things like that. You know, we can say, hey, for this type of property in this area, this vintage, this construction, and just kind of, you know, pull those factors together. You know, we can say, hey, an approximate rate in today's market, when you go out to price insurance, what you can expect is X. And here's why. And again, we can look at things like crime scores and just all those things behind it. But I, I found that to be, and we've got a lot of good feedback that it's found to be uh, just a really good tool, you know, to, to have those actual real life, real world numbers, because um, they are drastically off typically, like you said, you know, sometimes, I, you know, you look at an OEM and, you know, it says, hey, the insurance, you know, should be, we, we project it to be, you know, 20K and it's really 200,000. Uh, and that, that changes everything. And, and again, I think, you know, to, to circle back to a previous point, I think that that comes from having somebody who focuses in real estate insurance, you know, the, I mean, that throws off the entire NOI on the property and just, you know, it's, it's a trickle effect, a domino effect into a lot of other things. If that one number, you know, is that off, you know. Yeah. It's also one thing if you're selling a property, like an investment property, you should get a quote and include that in with your package when you're selling it. And that makes it yeah. that, you know, it's not pie in the sky. Listen, this is a quote I just got. It's dated. Here's the person you can talk to, you know, and it's it's concrete. 
it, it just seems like it's hard to sort through for a lot of people. I've gotten that feedback a hundred times. It's just, it's hard to know, you know, to your point, who to go to and, you know, just, just where to go. And I think that would really help out a lot of people. You know, like you said, just including some of that data on the front end. What do you think as someone buying a first uh, multifamily property, investment property, and they've never had a commercial property insurance policy before? I mean, what are the things that they should be asking for and what should they be wanting to see in their policy? I mean, what are the what are the high level things they should be really checking for to make sure it, it works? Absolutely. So uh, one really good um, uh, factor that we see pretty often is that a lot of lenders, oftentimes when you're going out and acquiring this debt, a lot of lenders have a really, really thorough insurance checklist. So number one, mm-hmm. typically we've got, we've got a you know a guide and we can say, hey, you know, you're required to have X. Here's what it does. Here's why you've got to have it and so on and so forth. And we can have that discussion. Um, it's hard to boil it down to just a couple of things. Replacement cost. So there are different ways for a property to be valued. Replacement cost um, is, like I said, it's a lender requirement 100% of the time, um, but, but very different than something like an actual cash value. ACV, you'll hear that term thrown around. Um, making sure how the roof is covered. You know, in certain states like Florida, if it gets over a certain age, and it really varies, yeah. but if it gets over a certain age, sometimes they'll make the roof actual cash value and the rest of the building replacement cost. And again, you know, if there were, you know, an event to claim, uh, that, that's going to make a big impact on, on what you actually see, the claim proceeds. Um, I'm trying to pick another one or two. Um, co-insurance is a really, really big one. And that is a tool to, to boil that down. That's a tool just used to ensure that uh, an insured is insuring their property to value. Um, so what that stops is, you know, owning a $5 million property, trying to insure it for a million and save some money uh, and, and just really, really undervalue how you're placing your insurance. Um, that, that's a big one. Uh, and I think that goes hand in hand with the actual replacement costs. Um, you know, five or 10 years ago, there were some people, you know, some carriers that were insuring for maybe 50 or $100 per square foot in certain areas. Um, Florida right now, I mean, we're, we're not seeing anything, anybody going below probably 110 to 125. But then again, there's some areas, you know, you take a New York or, you know, certain construction types, you could be three or $400 a square foot that you need to insure for. Um, and we've got a lot of tools that help us to kind of figure out what that is and to work with somebody to make sure that we're dialing that in as best we can, you know, a reasonable amount you know, but also getting good coverage in place. And I think that's the, that, that's the biggest thing, you know, for somebody buying a first-time property to ensure that they're getting is a marriage of the two. You know, you don't want too little coverage. You don't want too much, you know, just right. You know, yeah. trying to find that middle ground. Yeah, the replacement value is something I've definitely seen differences on before. And that's that can be a dangerous thing because you're like, how do you think, how do you see this as this? And this other company says this, and then they're telling me, you know what I mean? And you're really trying to cipher what it is. I remember years back complaining to a contractor buddy of mine, and I was like, I was complaining to him about the replacement. He goes, Charles, you just don't even understand. Even if your place burnt down, they're talking about what's, you don't even, there's a lot more call. I mean, you have to prep, you know, you don't even know how expensive it is to remove all the debris before they rebuild. I mean, there's so many costs in addition to just, you can't just say, you know, take it and goes, oh, it's uh, so many hundred dollars a foot to rebuild this house. Well, you have to site. You have to prep the site. You have to do all this other stuff that goes along with it. And I don't think a lot of um, people take that into consideration when they're looking at their insurance policy. Well, and and I think it's important too to consider. You know, at the end of the day, this is a contract. It's a custom built contract for your property. Um, you know, I, I would I can easily say no two properties are the same. They may look similar, <laughs> but when it comes to their insurance, you know, no no two properties and no two policies 
are exactly the same. Uh, you know, the, there's a joke, of course, in, in contract law, the big print giveth, the small print taketh away. And so it's important, like you said, you know, to ensure, you know, all, all your endorsements, all your exclusions, uh, and just to have somebody who can, you know, number one, to understand those things, but number two, to articulate those to you in terms that you'll understand to, you know, to just make sure that you know what you're getting into. Um, you know, ultimately, everybody has to determine their own risk tolerance. You know, you may be, you know, higher. You know, you, you may be saying, hey, I want to take on more risk. I want to do higher deductibles. You know, certain exclusions don't bother me. I'm most focused on cost. Uh, but then you also may be risk averse and say, hey, you know, I, I want lower deductibles. I want, you know, the absolute top notch coverage. You know, I, I want no exclusions or, you know, as limited as there can be and so on and so forth. So, again, just part of that is exploring who you are as an investor and how that lines up with how you buy insurance. So when we were starting off the conversation, you're talking about older properties and, you know, I've, for example, from my own experience, I used to own hundred plus year old properties and every two to three years, I would need to find a new carrier and sometimes a new insurance broker, right? Cause they wouldn't have a carrier that would work for it. And, you know, how does a property owner handle this most effectively? And for me, it was just, you're kind of like dreading when those renewals came up because you're yeah. like, am I going to get renewed? What am I getting renewed for? What is like, what is all this work I have to do? So yeah. I think the biggest thing that helps there is is working with an independent agent. And what I mean when I say that is, you know, as an independent agent, I'm not tied to one carrier. I don't have, you know, for example, State Farm, you know, when I worked there at State Farm, I've got one bullet. If State Farm doesn't work out, I'm done. You know, if, if the underwriting doesn't line up or it's not, you know, within the property type or it's too old or whatever, uh, you know, you're done. So having an independent agent who can access many carriers, you know, in, in theory, there's no need to engage more than more than one person. Uh, there's no need to do that because, you know, if, if this year your property is non-renewed or the rate goes way up, okay, well, that's great. We'll go back out to market. We'll find somebody else commensurate that, that can handle everything, hopefully at a, at a better rate, um, and, and you can move around. And that actually leads me to another really good point, which is that a lot of people, a lot of us were told growing up, you know, stick with an insurance company, buy insurance when you're 16 or 18 or 20 or whatever, stick with them forever, and they'll love you back. If you love them, they'll love you back. There's loyalty. And, and not to say that that's not somewhat true, but um, in a commercial insurance setting, you can switch your carriers once a year and that there's no penalty, there's no that there's no uh, downside to doing so as long as you're, like I said, ensuring that it's commensurate, uh, that there's no downside. You know, same thing with, I mean, truly with your personal insurance these days. Um, but I think that's something that, you know, a lot of people, you know, would, would not get used to or would not traditionally be used to is, you know, the, the switching. You know, it's kind of seen as a bad thing. In all reality, really, all that does is ensure that you've got the best carrier at the best rate at that point in time. Insurance is a cycle. Somebody's on the bottom, somebody's on the top. You know, claims are going up, claims are going down, rates are going up, rates are going down. It's cyclical, you know, so just ensuring that you're catching the best rate at the best time with the best carrier, that shopping process helps you do that. So when should investors reach out to an insurance broker? I mean, should they be reaching out to get a quote when putting in an offer, like as you mentioned before, or once a property is under contract? So, so it's, it's different things at different times. Um, oftentimes, somebody will reach out and say, hey, we've got this property we're thinking about submitting an LOI. Uh, here's the information. Can we get the indication? And that's when we'll go kind of crunch our numbers, put together our reports, and go ahead and send that back. And that typically factors into underwriting. Once the deal is accepted, that LOI is accepted, you know, converts and becomes a PSA. At that point, typically, is when we go out to market. You know, we're, we're fully, fully shopping and marketing for insurance to get actual bindable quotes. So that's typically the process we see. Um, but, but to answer that question directly, they can reach out at any point, and we can kind of guide them through what the options are, what best fits the point that they're at at that point in time, and and just go from there. Yeah, they definitely should probably reach out before they have a property in their contract to start building a relationship yeah. with someone like yourself. 
Certainly. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the sooner the better. And, and that's, you know, I'm always happy to have that conversation. And, you know, it's, sometimes it's it's not even talking about a property. Sometimes it's discussing an MSA. Hey, we're looking at Jacksonville or hey, we're looking at uh, Houston, Texas or, you know, Lexington, Kentucky, or it could be anywhere. But at least, you know, kind of getting those parameters and, and what that allows us to do is kind of give high level guidance and say, OK, in this area, here's the here's the goods, here's the bads. Watch out for this. And we can even kind of, you know, boil that down to a property type. You know, hey, it's going to be more expensive if it's older than this or if it has this type of roof or if it, you know, again, we can kind of give those general, you know, guidances, you know, that way, at least, you know, what you're working with. Yeah, that's great. I didn't really thought about that. Having those parameters before you're actually going and refining your criteria when you're searching. Mm -hmm. So having this conversation with an insurance broker earlier than later before you're going to talk to your real estate broker, because like you said, it might be a difference between 1978 or 1979 and 1983, depending on what happened at that point and how they worked their tables. Yeah. Well, and, and, and we find that typically what happens is it is a partnership. You know, this business is relational like any other. Real estate is extremely relational. Insurance is also extremely relational. That can be your relationship with your agent. That can be your agent's relationship with the carriers. You know, all these things have to kind of line up. And, and that does lead into economies of scale. Uh, one thing that really helps us out is we've just done so many deals in so many areas. And we're so familiar with the carriers and underwriters. You know, when, when we call, they know who it is. Uh, and that helps us. And when we need to ask for that favor, when we need to get that price down a little bit to, you know, to push a deal across the finish line and then get you closed or whatever it is, you know, when we have to make those uh, asks, uh, it's, you know, we have better success. I'll put it that way. Um, <laughs> but again, it's, it's just, it's so relational. And I think that's the biggest thing at the end of the day. Um, you know, it, it's tough. And uh, to, to sidebar real quick on this, one thing that we've seen here recently is a lot of people, you know, they'll experience a larger renewal, something, you know, goes way up, they scramble. And they'll tag in one, two, three, four, five insurance agents to go out there to the marketplace. Uh, and really what happens, if you've ever seen pinball, of course, we're just out there bouncing around, <laughs> bouncing off of each other, hitting the same carriers and, and a lot of those same things. So, uh, you know, I, I think the trust factor with your agent and knowing, hey, if they go out, um, you know, again, assuming they're doing everything properly, if they're going out, they've touched everybody, they've done everything, that this is the true best result that's out there at this point in time. Um, and and not kind of you know clog up the system. And I think one thing that kind of helps us to understand that is the average underwriter at these carriers receives an average of between 100 and 200 new properties, new submissions a day. Just to you know put that in context, and and that kind of circles back to earlier when we're talking about how you present your property is extremely important. You know if they can look at it, we give them all the information they need. They've got a really really clean property they're looking at. We've explained everything, pre-answered all their questions. If we can do all those things, you're at the top of the stack. Interesting. Okay. So as we're uh, wrapping up here, I mean, what are some common mistakes you see real estate investors make in regards to insurance? Uh, it, there can be many. Um, I think I would say just knowing knowing risk tolerance and understanding what you're receiving. I think that's the biggest thing that that a lot of people don't receive. You know, that they'll, we'll talk to somebody they've owned a property for a year or two, uh, you know, that they'll want us to take a look at it. We'll look at the policy and maybe there's questions, sometimes really, really, you know, important questions that we'll have and we'll say, hey, is there a reason you chose to do that? And they're like, I had no idea. <laughs> you know, I had no idea that was there. Nobody, nobody ever took the time to explain, you know, what I was receiving uh, and just, to, to be frank, you know, some of these insurance policies are three and four and 500 pages. It, you know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not like Sunday afternoon reading. So a lot of people aren't going through and, and line by line saying, Hey, what's this? And you know, the, the, there's a trust, they trust their agent, you know, to be, to be doing the right thing and looking out for them. Um, and, and most of the time that does happen. Um, but like I said, just, you know, knowing what you're receiving, I think is the biggest thing. And, and again, it's a kind of a domino from there. 
you know, goes into the quality of the coverage and you know, the price and all those things. But knowing knowing what you're looking at, you know, having at least a little bit of insurance knowledge. Um, and there's plenty of us out there who are willing to provide it, you know, to work with somebody and kind of give them that knowledge base. Um, but I think that's that's the biggest one we see. All right. Some great information. So how can our listeners learn more about you and your business? So the best way to get a hold of me um, is going to be by by LinkedIn or, or by email. We've also got our website, which is just realprotect.com. And it's got a bunch of information uh, really for any asset, any type of real estate just kind of walks you through, um, you know, how our process works. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I will put those links into our show notes and uh, looking forward to connecting with you here in the near future. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Hi, guys. It's Charles from the Global Investors Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you're interested in getting involved with real estate, but you don't know where to begin, set up a free 30-minute strategy call with me at ScheduleCharles.com. That's ScheduleCharles.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Global Investor Podcast. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play to get new weekly episodes. For more resources and to receive our newsletter, please visit globalinvestorpodcast.com. And don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Nothing in this episode should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Any investment opportunities mentioned on this podcast are limited to accredited investors. Any investments will only be made with proper disclosure, subscription documentation, and are subject to all applicable laws. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for individualized advice. Opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of Syndication Superstars, LLC, exclusively.